At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Run Line, v premier baseball betting show with Adam Burke. Here's Ben Wilson. Hi, everybody, and welcome in. It is episode number two of the Run Line, VEASAN's newest baseball betting show. As we welcome you to downtown Las Vegas, Circus Sportsbook Studios. It's been a crazy week. MLB opening day, Masters, all sorts of action going on, but we're here to talk some baseball. That's what we're here to do. We had Josh Towers in studio last week. This week, we've got Adam Burke, who writes a daily MLB newsletter. I, I can't, I, like, as, as a non-college student, Adam, my fingers do not work anymore to write. I'm very impressed with your ability to write every day, baseball. But uh, you're, you're off and rolling. It's, uh, here we are. We're four days into the season. Boom. Yeah, yeah. four days into the season, and uh, a, a lot of crazy things have, have taken Just place already. I mean, look, you know, and I actually mentioned this on Twitter today. You know, the Guardians, my Cleveland Guardians, my hometown team, they score one run in the first two games. They scored six in the first inning today and 17 for the game in total. Uh, it's just one of those things, man. Baseball is a very high variance sport. You have to really roll with a lot. It's a roller coaster ride of a season, and uh, we've already seen that already in the first few days. Were it not for David Ross and the Cubs bullpen today, we might be opening the show with uh, Cubs are going 162 and 0, and the Brewers aren't winning a game all season. But uh, alas, look, there's always overreactions to be had. Mm-hmm. First, first week of the season, and what we'll do today, since we did basically a big season preview with uh, Josh Towers last week in our first show. Adam, we'll take somewhat of a macro approach today still because it's, it's not like you can really come in after four days of a season and make a bunch of definitive statements about teams and where they were at. Just from what you've seen early, and, and certainly probably the big theme is a lot of randomness, a lot of variance early on. Mm-hmm. Weather has played a big factor too in a lot of especially the Midwest area ballparks. What, like, what have you taken away and how have you tried to approach this just from a betting standpoint first few days where given the short lead up into the season, truncated spring training, it was always going to be hard to want to be super aggressive, right, and, and just dive in straight away with your plays. Right, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've tried for the most part to take a pretty low-volume approach. I mean, I've only had seven plays in, in the daily article over at vcin.com. And look, you know, going into the season, a lot of people like to bet underdogs, right, because they just assume that, you know, these teams that are really, really good, these pitchers that are really good, everybody's on fairly equal footing, right? You know, everyone's trying to get into the season, trying to get comfortable, trying to work on some different things. You know, a guy like Brandon Woodruff, for example, had a really bad spring training that actually wound up carrying over to his start against the Cubs, where he walked in a run with the bases loaded, just didn't look like himself at any point whatsoever. We've also seen guys, Michael Kopech, his last start in spring training was pretty bad. He comes out today, pitches really well against the Tigers. So there's just so many things that 
make the first few weeks of betting baseball very, very challenging, right. especially to, you know, the expedited spring training, as you mentioned, starters, some guys are going 90 pitches, some guys are going 65, 70. You, know, you just have to really pay close attention to what the beat writers are talking about and how long these guys will be out there. And of course, our favorite part of the game is bullpens, which mm -hmm. we, I mean, it, it took what, four games into the season for the Padres bullpen to be our first uh, implosion of 2022 and the first of many uh, that we will see. And so on today's show, we'll discuss about really a lot of different topics with you, Adam. We'll talk all the new faces in new places this year, how the big free agent signings and trade acquisitions have fared in their first week's action with their new teams. Talk about uh, some of the uh, really the interesting divisions here at the top. We'll kind of focus on a division a week on this show, and we'll start tonight with the AL East since we've got Sunday Night Baseball going on right now. Red Sox-Yankees just underway from the Bronx. We'll get Adam's thoughts on his in-game betting strategies, some general MLB betting tips for those of you who are coming off college hoops, off the Masters, and ready to start betting now that we have at least a little bit of a sample size going on. So we'll discuss all those things throughout the show today. We should probably hit first, though, some of these injuries that, that happened this week because we figured, and I know you wrote about this a lot in the, in the build-up to this year, given that shortened period to just get acclimated in general out of spring training, the production could be hampered a little bit by these early injuries. One team that was has kind of been impacted more than anybody really, Adam, is the White Sox, who were one of your heaviest favorites to win a division when the season got underway a few days ago, nearly minus $2 favorites to come out of the AL Central. Now, it was a good weekend for them, and they crushed Detroit today, 10-1, win that series to open the year. However, probably the biggest injury news coming out, especially after Lance Lynn, number two starter, was shelved. He's out at least a month with a knee surgery coming out of spring training. Lucas Giolito goes out, 61 pitches, left abdominal tightness, and it sounds like from what Tony Larusa talked about to reporters yesterday. He's optimistic he'll miss only two or three starts, but that's now two guys. And remember, they already lost Carlos Rodon in the offseason. Your two top starting pitchers are already out for the White Sox. Then they get A.J. Pollock, who is another big acquisition coming in. He leaves with hamstring tightness on Saturday, so he's day-to-day -day right now. Kind of a worrisome start injury-wise, even though the Sox go into Detroit and looked very, very good this weekend. Right. I mean, Chicago very well could have swept that series. They actually had a blown save. Liam Hendricks gave up a yeah. home run to Eric Haas, and then the Tigers walked it off in the 10th inning. They could have very well swept that series. And, you know, look, I mean, this is a team that one of the reasons why they were such a big favorite and deservedly so, and, you know, a team that I actually did go ahead and take to win the AL Central is because they're deep, right? They're very, very deep, especially in that lineup. The one area where they could ill afford to have injuries was the starting rotation because you've got Dylan Cease coming off of a really big workload increase last season. Mm -hmm. And obviously he pitched really well in his first start, but you've got Michael Kopech, a guy who's been hurt a ton has missed a significant period of time. You've got Dallas Keuchel who's coming off of his worst season as a professional in a very long time last year. So you still have some questions and some concerns about him. This is a, this is a White Sox team that, you know, again, the bullpen is solid. The lineup is very, very good. They're going to out hit a lot of their starting rotation mistakes if they have some. But as you mentioned, now Lynn is out. Giolito is out. And those oblique things, too. You know, they're a little bit finicky. They can take mm -hmm. some time. And also, when you get injured early on in the year, and we saw this with Marco Gonzalez, who got shelled today for the Mariners, but we saw this with him last year. When you get injured early, it takes you a while to settle back in because you went through spring training. You built your arm up. You got to opening day. Now you can't pitch again for another 10 to 14 days. And then you've got to work basically from ground zero again to sort of get back on track, get back to where you're supposed to be. So for Giolito, yeah, maybe he only misses two starts, 
but I wouldn't expect him to be all that sharp until probably early June now at this yeah. point in time. No, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a fair reaction to have from that. And, and it, as a result means, you talk about some of the, the lack of depth and some of the options that Tony Orlusser will have to throw out there for the White Sox. Our old friend Vince Velazquez is going to make an appearance. He will start the home opener for the White Sox on Tuesday against the Mariners. So, like, that's where we're at. Vince Velazquez, I mean, he's had some moments, but basically signed off the street a couple weeks ago, formerly with the Padres. He's now, he's going to be starting uh, game number one at guaranteed rate field this year. So that right. goes, goes And, and the thing you. of it is, too, is, you know, like, Jonathan Stiver is a guy who's coming off of injury for them as well. You know, the, and Jimmy Lambert's a guy who hasn't really developed the way that they hoped he would. You know, they just, they are really thin now. Mm-hmm. And they're also not really a team that has a lot of trade currency because a lot of their prospects have now graduated to the major league level. So it will be tough for them to make additions as the season goes along as well. I would presume that they've been talking to the A's about a guy like Frankie Montas, something like that, but they don't really have a ton of top tier talent to make a deal for an impact starting pitcher early on in the season here, unless they can find somebody looking to dump salary or or something like that. So that's a concern is that, you know, you have to hope that Lynn comes back and he's fine. You have to hope Giolito comes back and he's fine. You have to hope Dylan Cease doesn't get hurt at all. You know, that's really the only thing I think that could close the gap in the AL Central would be the injury bug. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been a bad, you know, 10 to 14 days here for the White Sox, right. to say the least. Not ideal. Uh, somebody, you and I both have that A's win total under. So mm-hmm. we hey, we love to see Frankie Montas get dealt. Nothing against the A's fans. We're just saying right. our, our bets. We would like I, to see. I think that. we're good either way. I, you know what? I think but, you're. I think yeah, you're it would help. Right. I mean, making that bet right before Shamanaya was traded, like we were already right. feeling like we were ahead of the curve. A lot of other guys just kind of you know, banged up, nicks and bruises. We saw Xander Bogarts go out, return after a hamstring pull in his opening day appearance for the Red Sox against the Yankees. We saw the uh, the benches clear in D.C. with Francisco Lindor. Scary sight there, where he gets hit, but he returned. Uh, Cabrian Hayes missed some time early after being taken out of the game early on opening day. So a number of guys that, uh, you know, in and out of the lineup, Adam, are, are good to go. Really the only other significant injury, though, coming out of this opening weekend that uh, does does bear watching out for, especially on the impact of a, of a team who has a much uh, lighter starting rotation, you would, uh, you would have to say, Adam, than the White Sox is a team like the Rangers, where John Gray goes on the 10-day IL, right middle finger blister, only goes four innings on opening day. Rangers lose two of three. They do get... Uh, the final game today against the Blue Jays to avoid a season opening sweep in a game that had all sorts of crazy back and forth uh, swings in that series. That was a big addition for a Rangers team that I give them credit for losing 100 games last year. They went out and made a lot of big moves. Headlined by Corey Seager was the most expensive free agent contract of anybody in the big leagues. But I mean, Gray, has uh, he's had numbers in the past and having been stuck in Colorado, always hard to put up. A big number. So we have seen guys have this issue before. Rich Hill is the first guy I always think of with the with the blisters on the fingers. But this will be one where we expect him to miss at least a start, maybe two here. Well, and I'm really curious to see what happens with blisters this season as well, because you can't use the sticky stuff on the baseball anymore. Right. Yeah. They had talked about maybe having some kind of MLB prototype that was a little bit of a stickier, uh, stickier surface for the baseball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But you know, also, too, something else to keep in mind, I don't know how much of an impact this will have from a blister standpoint, and I'm still waiting on more data to kind of definitively figure out what's going on, but all 30 ballparks have a humidor now. So the surface of the baseball is going to be a little bit different from what guys are used to. That's where you tend to get some of those blister issues popping up. So Gray may just be the first one. There could end up being quite a few guys. We'll have to wait and see. But this was a team that didn't have much pitching to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I'm not high on John Gray either way. But their bullpen is not particularly good. I love Dane Dunning, but he can't figure it out from a command standpoint. Spencer Howard's a young guy. Martin Perez is just rotation fodder. The Rangers will hit. I mean, we saw that. But... You know, will they be a team that can actually get some pitching? I don't know. By the way, that Texas-Toronto series, 43 runs scored in those three games. <laughs> and, uh, maybe I would say early candidate for bad beat of the year if you had Rangers' first five on not opening day, but day two where they're, you're up 7 nothing yeah. in the fourth inning and you push yeah. <laughs> a first five. Not even the full game. You push the, it would be bad enough if you blow a seven early, but they blow it in two innings and, uh, and push the first five. Uh, speaking of that, we will get into our MLB betting 101 on the other side. Because this is a guy who, you know, Adam, you're, you've got trends and analysis on basically everything in baseball. So we're going to talk MLB betting 101. We'll also look at some of the trends we have seen so far today. A big day for the dogs and for the overs. Yesterday, it was a near sweep to the unders. We'll see what's happened so far. Anything we can take away from it, admittedly, very small sample size so far. We'll also update you what's going on in the Bronx on Sunday Night Baseball. That is all still to come as we continue right here on the run line. You found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. Welcome back in. It is the run line week number two of our show opening week of the MLB season coming to an end as we have Sunday Night Baseball going on right now. Back with Adam Burke, Ben Wilson with you here from our Circus Sportsbook Studios, downtown Las Vegas. Red Sox up 2-0 right now as we speak. A bottom of the third trying to avoid the sweep after the Yankees took the first two games in that series. RBI double from J.D. Martinez in the first inning. Red Sox adding a sack fly as well from Christian Arroyo to get to Jordan Montgomery early. And a Tanner Houck, fellow Mizzou Tiger, Adam, my alma mater. He's, he's looked good so far. Uh, two scoreless at this point. Red Sox who are about a plus uh, 127, 128 dog in this game, up 2-0 early. Your total tonight, 8.5, and, and we're seeing on the live line still about the same. There's your odds, courtesy of DraftKings. Sox have now flipped to a uh, minus 160 money line favorite, a plus 110 if you want to lay the 1.5 at this point, your live run line on the Red Sox. It's a good segue to Adam into just discussing our, our MLB betting 101, because you, know, you, you, know, you could be 
you could be watching us, expert MLB better, or, you, you know, you might be new, and we're here to help you with that. So first off, as far as in-game goes, because you and I both do a lot of in-game betting as well, I am normally a, all right, handicap bullpens, make bets, if, especially if you get, say, a pitcher coming out of the game in the fourth, fifth inning, and you have an opportunity to exploit a bullpen that is either weak or uh, with a lot of guys who have thrown a ton of innings recently. That's kind of my approach when it comes to in-game betting. How do you, in general, look to target things, and are there any sweet spots you try to find, Adam, when it comes to these single-game in-game spots? Yeah, I think when you talk about in-game betting, as you mentioned, you, know, you really want to know who's available in the bullpen and who's fresh. You know, that's something that's really, really important, especially early on in the season here where you know, we talked about it already. I think there's a lot of increased injury risk for the 2022 season here, especially early on. So if you've got a reliever who's pitched back-to-back days, probably not going to pitch a third straight day. Or if you've got a guy who's pitched three or four days, probably not going to pitch for the fourth time in five days. So you can kind of eliminate some of these guys that may not be available in the bullpen. And if they're primary relievers, high leverage guys, then yeah, that's absolutely a betting angle you could take a look at from an in-game standpoint. Also too, if you look at these individual starting pitchers, and this is something that's really important and more teams have been picking up on this over the last few years, the Tampa Bay Rays are at the forefront of this. There's something called times through the order splits, right? Where you face a batter for the first time or where you face a pitcher for the first time, the second time, the third time, whatever the case may be. Every year, without fail, pitchers fare better the first time they face a hitter, then they do the second time, then they do the third time. And it, it is almost exclusively that way across the board for most starting pitchers that are out there. So if you handicap a game and you see a starting pitcher whose splits are really good the first time through the order and not so good the second time and terrible the third time, that's an in-game betting opportunity that you can look to take advantage of. And there are a lot of guys that are like that out there where you know, it's one of the reasons why they're kind of back of the rotation starters or something like that. The stuff's not good enough. Maybe the arsenal's not deep enough. Maybe he's just a two-pitch pitcher, doesn't have a third pitch, doesn't have a changeup to keep lefties at bay, something like that. Yeah. You can look to prey on those in-game situations. So the And the great segue from that is the game we're watching right now because Tanner Houck, I am first up, huge fan of him, has a really nice arsenal. He's a young guy. Came through the Red Sox organization, pretty much a homegrown guy who they drafted. Comes up, uh, really, last year was his first season as a full-time starter, but Red Sox didn't let him go deep in games. He only threw two and two-thirds innings last year, Adam, through the third time, through, through the opposing order, which just tells you, like, there are very few times where he was going six uh, innings or deeper, but a really good guy early on in games. He had a 150 ERA last year, his first time through opposing uh, lineups on the order. That number ballooned to 381. Uh, in the second time through the order. So the natural thought here is, all right, you're in a 2 nothing game. I will say, though, I, I was good to, it would be a lot easier to make this point if there was nobody on and two outs here for the Yankees, but Yankees did just uh, drop in a little bloop double as it will be, I believe, first and second nobody out here on the bottom of the third. But this could, could is this one of those scenarios where you would look at and say, all right, how traditionally really good numbers early, not a guy that the Red Sox have generally let go very deep, has struggled once you go second time through the order. Yankees right now have their two, three, and four hitters up. Is this one of those spots where you would take a take a snag at a team on a dog price in a situation like that? Yeah, it definitely is one of those situations because the thing about Tanner Houck, he's got a great slider, phenomenal slider. It's easily his best pitch. But by and large, he's only a two-pitch pitcher. He mostly throws a four-seam fastball and the slider. will mix in a sinker a little bit. But you know, the more times you kind of see a guy, the more you can kind of identify – you know, his tendencies, what he wants to do. So if you know that he's going to throw the slider in certain counts and all of that, you know, then that's something where you can maybe eliminate one pitch in that second plate appearance or in that third plate appearance, especially. And also too, for a guy like Hauk, as you mentioned, he hasn't really turned the lineup over a lot. 
Well, he's yeah. walked three already in this game, given up a couple of hits. We're in the bottom of the third, and Giancarlo Stanton, the cleanup batter, is already up for the second time. So Hauk is up to 60 pitches almost. That means that the Boston bullpen is getting ready. And when you talk about having to use guys in the fourth, fifth inning, something like that, those are usually going to be your lower guys on the totem pole, guys that you don't trust in high leverage, guys that you hope can kind of be a bridge in a game such as this. So I'm not saying I'm taking a live position on the Yankees right now. That's not what I'm saying at all. But all I'm saying is you want to look for game state and you kind of want to get this idea of how long this guy's going to be out there and if some of those lesser relievers will be coming into the game. And it looks like that will be the case here as uh, – yeah, yeah, it's maybe getting a run it, it, with uh, Anthony Rizzo trucking around third. It, that was that was a long run from second to home for it Anthony was. Rizzo. And it's he funny, also though, jammed his wrist going in, going into second yeah, base too. So that'd be something to watch. Interesting as well. to watch there. Yeah, and it's it's ironic that we bring that up going into the inning. Yankees, you know, plus one forty, one fifty on the live line with the top of the order coming up, and boom, you go walk, bloop, single, single. Now it's two to one. Yankees very quickly at him as I looked out at my screen are now a uh, minus 190 live favorite, even though they're down two to one. So does it always work out perfectly the way we've just discussed this in a three-minute vacuum? No, it's just an example of some things you can look at in general with in-game betting. And if you jumped on the Yankees, kind of thinking in that same line of, all right, how second time through the order, already some command issues early, you could be in a position to, at least with your number live, I'd be looking pretty good right now. So anyway, that's a brief discussion on in-game betting. I know we'll have more as, uh, as our shows go on, Adam. For general betting, we've got some fancy, fancy little graphics here. MLB betting 101, uh, as it were, Adam. Big talking point this week, especially for the just the start of the season where it's been hard to have a, a read on full game handicapping, has been the first run uh, betting. And most common is your yes, no run in the first inning. Uh, a lot has been written about, discussed by, by many smart minds, you included in the baseball handicapping space. How do you approach in, in a nutshell here, uh, as, as best we can describe your approach to these yes, no first inning run bets. Well, you know, look, I, I think one thing that really helps if you're playing yes, no first run or yes, no uh, run in the first inning, yeah. if you're betting the yes, the, the ball has changed over the last few years. And, and it does seem like today there have been some people talking about maybe the ball is juiced up a little bit here now because offense was pretty low over the first couple of days. You had the humidor and all that kind of thing. A lot of home runs today, a lot of runs scored today across Major League Baseball. So we do have to get some sample size in terms of how the ball is actually playing because this has been kind of a great unknown. We've sort of been moving the goalposts on this throughout the last few seasons. But what I will tell you is that a lot of people probably think that runs don't get scored in the first inning all that often. But the first inning outside of 2020 has been the highest scoring inning for basically the last decade. And the reason why it wasn't in 2020 was you had more of the openers. And of course, it was just a strange season all the way around. Uh, but you know, the first inning is generally the highest scoring inning because the starters are still getting settled in. You know, maybe they come out of the bullpen from their warm up and they just don't really have it mm-hmm. all working yet. Command is a little bit of an issue. And also, too, something I think is really important. It's the top of the order. You are guaranteed to get the top of the order in the first inning. And with most lineups, their best hitters are at the top of the order. So you do have a chance at really maximizing. It's kind of an optimized position with the best hitters out there for that first inning. So it is definitely something I think there's really no reason to ever bet a no. For me, I think it's just finding areas to bet yes. Interesting. Yeah, well, and you think, too, about a general public better's philosophy is, all right, well, there's, I mean, it's a baseball game. There's a lot of innings that are 0-0. Zero, zero. It would make sense that it would you would start a game without a huge bang. I think it's just without any, like, statistical evidence to back it up. It's just a general thought a lot of us have, like, oh, all right, pitcher comes out there. He's working early. 
take some time to get into the into the flow of things. You expect more runs to score as the bullpens are involved. But in reality, the numbers say something completely different, which is to me uh, is, is a fascinating thing. We also have first five betting, which I have found myself, Adam, over these last couple of years, as you've talked about pitchers being being used and, and going lesser and lesser uh, deep into games, especially this year with the shortened spring training. I am looking more at first fives just to basically get the bullpen handicap out of the way entirely. Uh, how, how are you looking as well on the, uh, the first five? Here is our here is your basics on the first five. Essentially, you're just betting the first. It's almost the equivalent of a first half bet in the NFL or, uh, or the NBA, something like that. Right. It pretty much is. I mean, look, a lot of things to keep in mind here. If you're betting a first five run line, something like that, you know, the home team. Look, as opposed to a full game run line, the home team will bat, you know, all five times yeah. as opposed to a full game where they may not bat in the bottom of the ninth. So that's part of it. But the thing about first fives that you really need to keep in mind is that you're generally paying a premium. You may find dime lines where it's plus 110, minus 120, or even 15 cent lines, plus 110, minus 125 for the full game. You won't find a lot of that for first five betting. So you typically do have to pay a little bit more of a price. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay more on the favorite. and You're going to get less back on the dog playing the first five as opposed to the full game. So that is something that you need to keep in mind. If you want to do it, there is a strategy to doing it. But, you know, you're not getting as much line equity with first five. Right, and I'm glad you mentioned the dime line because that is one of the, the hardest things to explain to new bettors a lot of times. And for those of you in newer jurisdictions, you might be like, what in God's name is a dime line? Well, we're, we're, we're here to tell you about it. We'll do that next. We'll also discuss some of the trends we've seen so far, even though small sample size, four days in. We'll discuss that, get Adam Sons on all those things on the other side as we return here on The Run Line. Vsin's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24/7 streaming. Daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy, for only $19. Our all digital MLB guide at Vsin.com is available now. And the guy sitting to my left, Adam Burke, has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and more. You can sign up today. Get full access to VSIN through the NFL drafts for only $19 at vsin.com slash spring. With our producer Brian Ortega behind the glass, Ben Wilson back with you here from our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Give this guy, by the way, a follow. Skating tripod. So you can tweet the show at VSIN Live. Let us know what you want us to hit on because we're only here once a week. We, got, we pack in a whole lot of baseball talk uh, into two hours. And as we look at some of the, uh, the trends, Adam, that we have seen, I will get back to some of our MLB 101 betting terms in a second. It has been fascinating to see just the variance that we always talk about in a vacuum on full display, like in real life numbers here, where you had a, a Saturday yesterday where unders go 13, one and one. <laughs> I mean, what, like just a ridiculous uh, day overall. And as we sit now uh, today, basically favorites and underdogs, nearly 500 so favorites, only six and seven today. So a whole lot of opportunities to find some dogs barking. Uh, what have you made? I know you've seen some home run fly ball splits that have uh, intrigued you. Again, small sample size, but things that are at least catching your eye here uh, early on. Yeah, you know, look, I'm such a big sample size guy when it comes to baseball because I look at a lot of the metrics, the analytics. I need sample sizes to be able to interpret. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to get that over the first three or four days of the season because you've got, you know, aces, excuse me, aces that come out, might not yeah. be super sharp. You've got back of the rotation guys who just aren't particularly good. One thing you and I were talking about during the break, I know you're a Brewers fan, and we were following along with this Brewers and Cubs series. A lot of hit-by-pitches in that series, a lot in the Mets-Nationals series. I saw High Heat Stats tweet out today that hit-by-pitches up 20% from this time mm. last year. 
So, again, we talk about not being able to use the foreign substances. You've got umpires checking a little bit more thoroughly than they did last year. They're actually checking the hands and the fingers as opposed to the glove and the hat and all these different types of things. So it does appear, and this could be also, also be partially weather-related, it does appear that pitchers are having problems gripping the baseball. So we have seen a lot more hit-by-pitches. We've seen benches clear a couple of times and all of that. Uh, we've also seen, at least up until today, a suppression of power. And as I mentioned just before the break, all 30 teams have a humidor now. So we are waiting on a lot of data, a big mountain of data, mm -hmm. to see what happens in all of these different parks because there were, I think, 10 parks that had a humidor prior to this season. Now all of them do. And the humidor, basically, without getting into super deep detail, it's going to change the weight of the ball a little bit. It's going to take out some humidity from the ball in some places, put some humidity in the ball in other places. So it's going to fly differently. It's going to be gripped differently. It's going to move differently, all those different types of things. Small little differences. Yeah. But when we talk about the physics of baseball, I mean, all of these little alterations can be very significant. So we're going to have to see what happens with the home run per fly ball percentage going forward, see what happens in some of these other parks as teams play home games for the first time. There are a lot of moving parts with the Major League Baseball season, to say the least, and there are every year. But especially this year where you get the humidor, you get the universal DH, you get a lot of different things that you know may help offense, may hurt offense. Maybe the lack of foreign substances will help offense. It's just... Right now, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around all of it all mm -hmm. at once, and it's very, very tough to do. Especially if, like, if you're like us and you're betting baseball basically every day, there's, like, there are a lot of things like that where you can't necessarily act on it you know, for tomorrow's card and start making plays according, accordingly, but you can kind of make bullet points and just have things to track as we start to get more of that data like you're talking about. So it's good to, uh, at least for me, I always try to identify things like that early in the season, even if it's, if it's not something you'll act on as a better in April. I mean, it, it can help you down the line as we start to see more of those trends come out. So I will, I will be making some notes here, Adam, as you're talking. We'll, we'll, be, see, we'll be seeing what happens. Uh, so far, favorites 28 and 19, by the way. Unders 25, 19, and 3, although today was a big over day, 8, 4, and 1 uh, so far to the over. And we're about on pace, although we might, uh, we might be getting some more runs here in Boston and New York. They have gone to the fourth inning. The Yankees got a run back in the bottom half of the third uh, as Tanner Houck ran into some trouble. RBI knock from Giancarlo Stanton, but he does get an Alex Hicks double play to get out of the inning. And right on cue, we come back to the uh, top of the fourth. Red Sox, first two runners on. They're in the Bronx. Jordan Montgomery's not exactly uh, looked sharp today, uh, Adam. A, uh, a wild pitch on a swinging strikeout to Christian Arroyo allows him to reach base safely. Then Alex Verdugo, clean single. So first and second, nobody out. And while we briefly saw the Yankees favored on the live line, Sox now... Uh, that's a little bit out of date from DraftKings after the two hits to start the inning. They are now up to a minus 210 a live favorite. Your total live at 9.5. That closed 8.5. Uh, and, and we'll kind of do our full AL East breakdown in a little bit, Adam. But needless to say, it's not like the Yankee starters, even though they've won the first two games, have been all that impressive. Neither uh, so far the two guys we've seen, Garrett Cole and, and uh, Herman, like none, nobody's gone more than like four and two-thirds innings, I think, is our uh, Louis, uh, Luis Severino. Three innings ye uh, yesterday, Garrett Cole, four innings the day before. And Jordan Montgomery, I don't know how much longer the, the leash is going to be. It, he, he could very well be out of the game in this inning here. So. Well, and Severino is a guy that I talked about, actually, in my daily article today over at vcin.com. And, and what I do, along with looking for things to play that day, kind of recapping the day before, looking for you know some of those things, as you mentioned, kind of things to file away and all of that yeah. with pitchers and stuff. Look, Luis Severino yesterday... The velocity was good. The velocity was absolutely there for him. That was a big question coming off of some major injuries. He had one swing and miss on 20 fastballs 
and his fastball averaged 97.8 miles per hour. So he was throwing hard. That's amazing. But he wasn't locating it where he wanted to. <laughs> one? So, so to me, right, wow. one swing, he had 14 foul balls. So he just wasn't throwing it by anybody. So his location was not great. Jordan Montgomery here tonight, a command guy. I love Jordan Montgomery. I love his four-pitch mix. Generally really good command, induces a lot of weak contact, all of that. But today, he doesn't look super sharp. So that is something you want to follow along with pitchers here. You know, kind of mm -hmm. see how sharp they look early on in the season. And also, too, look, the Boston Red Sox offense is really good. You know, I mean, the, the Rays got to play the Orioles, right? The Yankees and the Red Sox are playing each other. You know, the Phillies played the A's, who are just a, a pathetic offense themselves. So it's one of those things where you also want to put in the proper context who these guys are facing and make sure that you're not making any big sweeping judgments about a lot of these guys. That Boston offense is really, really good. You know, I mean, the Rangers pitching staff is awful, but they played Toronto. You know, Toronto's offense is better than just about everybody else's in the league. So it's one of those things where you also don't want to overreact to one start or a small sample size because it really depends on who they've actually wound up matching up against. Yeah, well, it, it happens every year where the you'll always get, especially the opening day, a specifically who comes out and looks just dreadful. Like I remember uh, an El Duque year. Where I think he gave up like eight runs without getting an out for the for mm -hmm. the White Sox one season, and people were like, uh, "What what's wrong with this guy?" Like it, it's one start. Okay, there's a long way to go. Montgomery, by the way, is getting the hook here. Gets a, a weak ground ball from Kevin Plawecki. Runners go to second and third here with one out in the top of the fourth. And so this will result in, Adam, now the three starters this weekend for the Yankees. They go a combined 10 and a third inning, allowing seven earned runs. And right now, Montgomery is still responsible for the two on second and third. So that's just you know something, to, something that we will track. But again, as you point out very accurately, so a very good lineup they had to face all weekend here. But it's also one of those things, too, where, look, they have extended the roster size. They've given teams a couple more players. I think it's through May 2nd or May 3rd, something like that. Because of this, because of the quick spring training, the short turnaround, all of that, most teams opted to carry a couple of extra pitchers. But this is going to be really important to follow as the season goes along. That the Yankees got what? You said 10 and two-thirds from their uh, starters? 10 and a third combined from so, the three so starters. So 10 and a third from their three starters, right? So you start thinking about August and September. These are bullpen innings that these guys have to eat now. Yeah. You know, So those are things that maybe long-term, as you start thinking about, and it's obviously way down the line, but I like to bet a lot of adjusted second-half win totals at the All-Star break, just sort of thinking about these things, the injury attrition, the bullpen usage, all of that. So, look, a lot of these teams planned for this, and I think the Yankees were just pulling their starters around 60 or 65 pitches anyway. But, you know, look, it's one of those things where everything, to me, I kind of think of what it means going forward. Mm -hmm. And so getting 10 and a third here from your starters, you know, arguably the most questionable part of this Yankees team Maybe that is a little bit of a concern for them going. Yeah, forward. I would, and there's they're not the only team that is in that right. position as well. As we'll we'll discuss here a little bit more going forward as we wrap up as well. Just discussing some of our MLB betting 101. Wanted to not neglect the conversation on the dime line because for for betters in Nevada, they certainly know what that is. But mm -hmm. for a lot of the newer books, new jurisdictions, the dime line ain't a thing that's going to exist no. or ever will exist. So uh, let let's get the breakdown of that first, Adam, and and how how many books are you seeing that are still offering the dime line? In the year 2022. You'll find it around town here in Vegas. You'll find some in faraway places in the offshore market, but you will not find dime lines at, at the DraftKings and FanDuel's and, and you know, the non-Nevada BetMGMs of the world and all of that. Look, it is extremely important in a money line sport, in any sport, obviously, to get the best number that you can. People talk about get the best number. The best number is available for like two minutes and maybe two or three people get it. Get the best yeah. number that you can. 
have multiple sports betting accounts, be able to shop around. If you can take minus 130 instead of minus 135, you do it. If you can get plus 115 instead of plus 110, you do it. All of those things dramatically help your bottom line. And you have to have multiple accounts so you can shop around to do that. And yes, and for dime lines, you can tell if you just subtract the you know, the numbers you see on the money line from the two and you get a difference of 10, that's a sign you got yourself a dime line. So if one team is minus, say, uh, 115, the other team should be minus 105. Unfortunately, not many books are still doing that. So that's another one of those MLB betting basics we wanted to make sure we discussed, especially if you come out to Nevada. You can still find multiple books that have that. If you're on the East Coast, you might be out of luck. When we return, a lot of new faces in new, in new places. How have those guys fared on opening weekend? We'll discuss next here on The Run Line. You found VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. Welcome back in to the run line here from VSIN, the sports betting network. Back with Adam Burke, Ben Wilson with you. Sunday night baseball continues from the Bronx. Red Sox, they tack on one more run. Top of the fourth inning, a sack fly off the bat of Jonathan Arauz, which I've been told by Adam Burke, who's looking up name pronunciations for me. We're going to go with it. Uh, I'm a perfect wingman. Per- see, in more, more ways than one, <laughs> but specifically on the desk here uh, with, with Jordan Montgomery out of the game for the Yankees. Clark Schmidt, uh, first appearance out of the bullpen this season for the righty as uh, the Red Sox, who were 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position yesterday, trying to avoid the sweep in the Bronx tonight, do have a 3-1 lead, turn the lineup over to Kike Hernandez, who's up here, top of the fourth. Two out, runner on second. Sox right now are up to a minus uh, 210, money line favorite at DraftKings. Your live total at 9.5, little juice to the under. Again, this closed Yankees, minus about a buck 40 to 145 total of 8.5. Adam, we have seen... It, what has been an interesting opening weekend for a variety of reasons, some of the ones we've already discussed so far. But one interesting thing for a lot of betters, especially those trying to get a, a general feel for the state of the game right now, a lot of new faces in a variety. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of new places this season, and a number of those we've already seen, Adam, especially from ace starting pitchers coming out for their new team. 
want to run through a bunch of these, kind of get your thoughts, not just on the first performances, but what you expect in general, since we are still so early in the season. And for a lot of these teams, in all honesty, their successes will hinge on how successful their big offseason acquisitions will be. So these were all the big trades and signings you see from the offseason. Uh, let us start with a guy who is, is somehow not on at least uh, this initial list in uh, in Max Scherzer. And uh, he, he was in an interesting spot because he makes his Mets debut uh, on the second game of the season for uh, the New York Mets against his former team, the Washington Nationals. And after a scare in spring training where he was day-to-day, they weren't sure if he'd have to uh, miss a start coming out of, uh, of the year, Adam. And already a team with Jacob deGrom's injury concerns, the bigger uh, talking point in New York. Scherzer comes out, six innings, three runs, was solid in a, in a series that was uh, very interesting. A lot of guys hit on both sides like you talked about earlier. Uh, but Scherzer looked his usual early season workman-like self. Uh, what do you expect out of him this year, especially now with DeGrom being out here for maybe half the season in the Big Apple? Yeah, you know, look, I, I am a little bit concerned about how his first start went. He did give up a lot of hard contact in that start. He gave up four barreled balls. Now, what a barreled ball is, as defined by StatCast, it's a batted ball that's hit at least 95 miles per hour with an optimized launch angle based on how fast it's hit. Barreled balls typically become doubles, triples, and home runs. He gave up four of them in that start. He gave up only 33 all of last season. So Scherzer was still Mm. working through some things in that start, wound up giving up a lot of hard contact, was able to navigate it. It is a little bit concerning against the Nationals lineup that's very bad. And in particular, the bottom half of that Nationals lineup, I think going into today's game, they were one for 37 with their six through nine hitters to start the year. So the top of their order is okay. The bottom of the order is just a, a black hole. But for Scherzer, look, the the biggest thing for him is going to be health because now you've got DeGrom dealing with something else again after dealing with something last year with the back. I know he had a neck issue for a little while as well. The biggest thing for Scherzer is going to be being that workhorse, being that guy that can go out there and give them 180 innings because they really need it. You don't know what you're going to get all the way from Carlos Carrasco. You know, Chris Bassett was great today. Uh, Chris Bassett's a guy that I really, really like in that rotation. But, you know, now you have the DeGrom injury. So you've got a lot of questions and concerns with that starting rotation, which, again, I think they're a very good team. But much like the Yankees, their starting rotation will kind of define what their ceiling actually is. Yeah, and it's funny, too, it Scherzer, who was basically a career, like his his barrel percentage, at least if you look at the you know the last, since that, that data started to be populated, like 2015-ish, 5-6% guy. He's been at over 8% on the barrel percentage the last couple of years. He's still been able to get by. That's why I kind of say, like, workmanlike. You just... Even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he finds a way to get a quality start like he did in his first start this weekend. But uh, but yes, it correlated to a near 29% barrel percentage. Again, small sample sizes be damned. That's kind of what our, our whole point of this discussion is about. But no, it, it bears watching how to start the season, especially with a Mets team that uh, while they, they looked very good this weekend, taking three or four from the Nats, depth uh, going to be an issue, at least uh, we feel, on that starting rotation with DeGrom down. Another guy who makes his debut for a new team, on the pitching side this uh, this weekend, Adam, Robbie Ray, who spent a lot of last season near the top of the AL Cy Young odds board, goes to Seattle this year from Toronto. A lot of questions of how would he hold up? How, how repeatable was his 2021 performance coming into this season? Looked pretty good in what was just a raw, cold atmosphere. Temperatures in the low 40s in the Twin Cities. Uh, gives up only three hits, scatters them, no runs, did walk four batters, but got out of it unscathed. Seven shutout innings and a win for the Mariners against the Twins. Pretty good start, all things considered, for Ray. Really good start for Robbie Ray, especially because when you look at, and I look at a lot of these things, I'm self-admitted nerd when it comes to baseball. I look a lot at pitch usage, arsenal mm-hmm. changes, 
you know, did a guy add a new pitch? Did a guy take away a bad pitch? Something like that. Robbie Ray in that first start threw 65% fastballs. Last year, he was about 60%. But with the cold conditions, wound up throwing a lot of heaters in that start. And in fact, they only had two hits off of his fastball. So obviously, he was locating it well. That's a very important thing for him. We know that the walks can be an issue. And he was a little bit erratic. I think he walked four in that start. But we didn't even really see the slider as much as we typically will. And he was still very effective. So I think that's a good sign going forward for the Mariners. The Twins are not a great lineup. Byron Buxton aside. And obviously, it was very cold there in the Twin Cities for this three-game series. Of course, the game went over today when I, I had the under. Oh, but, of course. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> course. Well, so first inning, right? There's an error that extends the inning. Gary Sanchez hits a grand slam the next batter. Like, those are the things that you deal with in baseball. And if you let yep. them get to you every single time, you will go absolutely insane. But Robbie Ray pitching well, I think, was really important. Logan Gilbert looked really good. I think that's Love a guy that could take a, lip, uh, a big leap this year. So, you know, look, I think it was a, an encouraging first couple of days for the Mariners. Not great to see Marco Gonzalez struggle today, though. Not ideal. But still, I mean, if you look at this from the, the Mariners' perspective, all the talk of, all right, they were a negative 51 run differential and won 90 games last year. That surely is going to come back down to earth. But they, they've spent a ton in the offseason, and they win their opening not series, take two or three uh, from Minnesota. How about a couple other guys? Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez goes from Boston to Detroit, a Detroit team that a lot of people excited after basically the past decade has been a complete rebuild and struggles on the field. The Javi Baez signing was the big highlight in the on the hitting side for the offseason acquisitions. Erod comes in and in a weekend where yeah, the Tigers had a lot of high expectations coming in facing a White Sox team that we already discussed was a little bit under 100% from that health standpoint entering this this opening weekend series. Erod, uh, not great. Only goes four innings, gives up three earned runs on four hits in that home start uh, against the White Sox. And this is what I'm talking about, right? You have to put this into context of who they faced. Yeah. The White Sox are going to be one of the best offenses in baseball against left-handed pitching. They knocked around Tarek Skubal today. They will knock around a lot of left-handed starters. That was a very tough first assignment for Eduardo Rodriguez. I think, actually, he's going to be really, really good for the Tigers. It's a ballpark that suppresses home run power. It does allow a lot of doubles and triples, but it's a huge upgrade in terms of park factor because Fenway Park is Coors Field of the East, and it's a huge upgrade in terms of the division that he plays in now. The Guardians' offense is a joke, today aside. The Royals' offense isn't particularly good. I'm not super fond of the Twins. Yeah, he'll take his lumps when he faces the White Sox. The White Sox will hit lefties all year long. But Rodriguez improved his park, improved his division. I expect him to have a really, really good year for a Tigers team that's also improved defensively. So I actually really like Eduardo Rodriguez for this season. Obviously, the initial return's not great, but I think that was more about the matchup than anything else. Yeah, and you see as well, just in, in this uh, division, the hit season totals, Javi Baez on that list as well, one of the big acquisitions on the hitting side. Uh, a guy who's won at least 13 games each of the last three seasons. And last year, I mean, you, you and I both love to get into the advanced numbers on these guys. Nearly 475 ERA with a XFIP, the expected field and independent pitching of 343. Essentially, uh, in, in a nutshell, he was, he was very unfortunate and unlucky based on the actual uh, sample size of his pitches, based on the fielding behind him. Should have done much better in his games. And as a result, you mentioned the park factors as well. Really high on Erod coming in. I'm with, I'm with you. Would not be overreacting uh, to one shaky start for him. Another guy who is a new face in a new place. One guy who actually looked really impressive. I was a little surprised with the early hook today was Marcus Stroman, who comes to the Cubs and made a, a Brewers team that for two and a half games looked like they'd forgotten how to play baseball, Adam. Uh, made them look very silly for five innings. 
I'd had some control issues at times, three walks, three strikeouts, but scatters two hits in five shutout innings and uh, had, the, had the Cubs in position to get the win before their bullpen blew that game, cost Chicago a chance at the series sweep. He looked pretty sharp, though, given all of his command issues in the past. Had to like what you saw out of him today. Yeah, I, I like Stroman. I think he's a really good fit for this Cubs team. I, I'm pretty heavy on Cubs exposure here. Cubs to to win the NL Central at 11 to 1. I don't think it happens, but you never know. I did play their season win total over as well. They've got a ground ball heavy staff. Stroman fits that really, really nicely. When Andrelton Simmons comes back, they've got the best defensive shortstop ever at the position. They have a very good infield defense. I think that's something that will help Stroman as we go forward. Um, you know, look. Also, too, you know, he's got some decent park factors there. Bush Stadium's not a good hitter's park. Wrigley depends on the wind. PNC Park is not a good offensive park mm -hmm. either. So a lot of Miller Park is not a good offensive field anymore as well. So a lot of good, uh, a lot of positives there for Stroman, I think, with his landing spot with the it's Cubs. American family field to you. Miller, Miller Park. It's, Miller, park. It's Miller Park. Okay. Hour number one in the books. We'll talk about some new faces and new places on the hitting side when we return, as well as we begin our weekly breakdown of one division. Today, we take an in-depth look at the AL East. That's coming up next. Hour number two here on The Run Line. If you, if you. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 